Welcome to Fueling Fridays, the podcast where we talk about all things life, wellness, and recovery. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Kindle, and thank you so much for joining me on another week of Fueling Fridays. I want to start off by saying I'm so sorry. I know I've pit- missed like the past three weeks of episodes. I'm not even for sure. Life has absolutely been crazy with the holidays. You know, we just had Thanksgiving and now Christmas is coming up and I've been so incredibly busy with school. Lots of test projects and all that stuff, but I'm sorry about that, but I am back. I'm going to be back to posting an episode every Friday since, you know, That is the show, Fueling Fridays. So if you stuck with me through that little break, I really appreciate it. And if you're new here, hi, I'm Kendall. Welcome and thank you so much for joining me. I am a college student and basically my whole like social media platform has grown for me showing how I've gotten a good relationship with food how I went from, you know, being very sick in my eating disorder to where I'm at now. And it's just been such a great journey for me. I'm so happy with the progress I've made. And I'm just so blessed for all the support that I've gotten along the way. So today, I really want to talk about navigating the holidays. Oh, and that's also another reason why I missed a week is because I recorded a super amazing Thanksgiving episode, in my opinion. And I'm not really sure what happened with it, but all of the audio just deleted. So like when I went to post it, all the audio was gone. So I was pretty bummed about that. But hopefully this little Navigating the Holidays podcast episode will make up for that because it is going to encompass a lot of things. And I guess recently how I've kind of been getting in the festive mood is I've actually gone to Dutch Bros twice this week. I'm not usually the type of person that goes out and buys coffee because I feel like in the mornings like I'm pretty lazy and I just want to stay at home or if it's before school or work I never give myself enough time to actually stop but this week I've made it a priority to you know have a little treat yourself self-care and I went and got a fun coffee Dutch Bros is my favorite right now the other day I got an iced hazelnut truffle mocha it was really good but it was definitely on the sweeter side. So I think next time if I get that, I'll probably ask for it to be half sweet. It was still good, but it was like just a little too sweet for my liking that I couldn't even taste the coffee. But then today I got a chocolate macadamia nut cold brew and that was really good. And it was the perfect sweetness so I could still really taste the cold brew. So make sure that you're doing something for yourself this holiday season, you know, treat yourself. So I guess now I'm going to hop right in to the pod. And with any time that you're around family, I feel like, or when you're around like a big group of people, unfortunately, there's almost likely going to be diet talk. But like, I know that's so frustrating, but just because of the society we live in, that is so normalized. And you know, the crazy thing is, is that so many people, they don't even realize that it's diet talk. Like when they're saying, oh, you know, 
cut carbs or don't eat till this time or whatever it is. Like in their brains, they don't even think of it as a diet because diet culture has normalized it so much in society that it just feels like the norm. But if you've had an eating disorder or a disordered relationship with food, or if you're just like more sensitive to that, then that can be really like upsetting and triggering to hear people constantly talk about diets, especially if you're trying to, you know, get over that mentality. Because like whenever I was sick, I probably wouldn't have really minded talking about diets because I was also, you know, I had my own like misconceptions and thoughts that I was thinking around what I ate. But now that I know how false that was and how much damage it was doing, I have no interest in talking about that. And during my recovery, that would have been really triggering for me to hear. So I feel like when there's people around you talking about that, you really have two options. And that's either you can engage with them in the talk or you can ignore it. So I think when determining which one of these to do, you really need to consider like first off, do they know your struggle at all? At all? Do they know what you're going through? And like, do you think they would be understanding of it? And is it someone you'd even, like, be willing to open up to? Because I feel like if you're engaging with this, most likely, you know, you're going to be defending why you think that diet talk is wrong. And you're probably going to need, like, to give a little backup for it. Or, you know, if you're just trying to say, hey, let's just talk about something else, that's fine. And, you know, you could do that without giving any information, like, about your struggle that you've been going through if you're not comfortable sharing that. So I feel like if you're not comfortable sharing like any disordered history, something that I would probably just say is, you know, I don't associate my worth with the types of food that I eat like that. We really don't need to talk about that or something along the lines of, you know, personally, I value like memories and my happiness over any type of diet or my happiness isn't dependent on the foods I eat or how someone might perceive the way that I eat. And, you know, if it's someone that you haven't seen in a while or it's, like, family from out of town, I honestly would probably go the route of, like, you know, I'd rather hear about you and what's going on in your life instead of your diet. Like, could we talk about that instead? Or, you know, we don't have a lot of time together. I'd rather hear about, like, more important things going on in your life. Because just talking about diets wastes so much time. Like, Like I said, like, I would genuinely rather hear about how someone's doing and what's going on in their life and not about how they're keto now and telling me about all their keto foods. And another, like, tricky thing that I feel like is super common around the holidays is, you know, people, like, degrading themselves for the way that they ate. So, you know, saying things like, oh, like, I'm being so bad right now or, you know, maybe you just served yourself a plate of dessert. And someone tells you, oh, like, you're being bad today. That can be, like, really frustrating because, again, that just further insinuates that there are good foods and there are bad foods. And if you eat a bad food, you are a bad person. And let me start by saying that is not true. There is no such thing as a good or bad food. All foods are foods. They are are energy. They are nourishing. And they all serve a purpose for you. You know, whether it's for your, like, mental well-being or your taste or your hunger. Like, every food is doing something for you. So, you know, you're not committing a crime. Like, if you're eating one of these foods. And I feel like 
you know, you could honestly just laugh it off. If someone's like telling you like, oh, you're feeling bad today, just kind of laugh and just be like, oh, I didn't know I committed a crime by like getting a plate of desserts. And I think saying that will probably make the person step back and take a second to think, what am I saying? Like, does this make sense? Like when you're telling them like, oh, I didn't know I committed a crime. They're probably going to think about that because I'm sure they probably haven't had someone give them that response before. But it's true. When people say that they're being so bad because they're eating, it's like, you're not breaking the law. You're not doing something illegal. You're not hurting someone. So why are you being bad? You're not. It's just like what diet culture has told you. And then, you know, if you are feeling a little bit more, not argumentative, but like, maybe you're willing to explain it more, you could just say, you know, food doesn't have a moral value. I feel like that answer is kind of more if you want to explain it more because that probably is going to, you know, involve some more talking because, you know, the person could be like, well, what do you mean it doesn't have a moral value? And then that's whenever you could pretty much like break down their reasoning of how they think foods make you good or bad. And again... It's just sad how normalized that is in our, you know, society, but that's just not true. You can eat and should eat what you want. And I think another thing that people will say, which also this can be hard if maybe like you're still in your sick body coming out of it, or just in general, this comment just kind of sucks. If people say like, oh, if I ate like that, or, you know, I think you know what I'm talking about. People will say, you know, if I ate like that, I'd be 600 pounds. Or if I ate like that, I'd have a heart attack. Whatever it is. I don't know if this is intended to be a compliment, honestly, or what this is supposed to be. But I feel like it's like pretty much just a jab saying that, you know, they think you're such a bad or unhealthy eater. And again, like anytime I say bad throughout this, You need to know, like, I obviously do not consider it bad. I don't think it's bad. When I use bad, I'm referring to, like, what diet culture and society says. So, you know, when someone's telling you, like, oh, I wish I could eat like that. It's, like, their way of saying, like, wow, you eat so bad. Like, how do I do that? And I think, like, assigning, like, kind of like a motive, not a motive, But, like, assigning that good or bad to someone else's eating habits can just be really hard. Especially, I know, like, whenever I was working in my recovery and when someone would tell me, like, oh, if if I ate like that, I'd be 500 pounds. And at that time, you know, I wasn't comfortable with, like, really what I was eating or my relationship with food. So then it makes me, like, second-guess myself, like, oh, my gosh, is, like, eating all of this, is that going to make me 500 pounds? Is that going to make me this? Whatever. But I think something like pretty important to learn is you have to trust your body. Your body ultimately knows what's best for you, even though you think it doesn't. But whenever you're restricting or counting calories or being super meticulous with what you eat, you're disconnecting your brain and your body from these hunger cues that were like built into you and the cues of knowing what to eat and when to eat, you know, just because your body is so smart. So the more that you're believing these good and bad, you're just creating a disconnect that makes it harder to eat. But I feel like, you know, when you're truly in touch with what your body wants to eat, your body is not going to gain weight unless it needs it. 
or if it wants it, you know? Like, if you gain weight, you are meant to gain weight. So I feel like if you're afraid of eating a certain way because you're worried it's going to make you gain weight, just know that if you gained that weight, you needed it. Your body needed it. It needed it so you could be happy, you know? Maybe those 10 extra pounds mean going out for late night ice cream runs or donuts with your friends. Like, whatever that is, your body needs it. So I think when people are making those comments like, I'd weigh 500 pounds if I ate that way, just kind of try to remember, like, my body is doing for me what it needs to do. And when someone tells you that, there's a few different responses you can say if you choose to engage. And, you know, you could say something like, well, I just like to eat what feels good to me. Or, you know, well, if that's the way you want to eat, then you should. Or you could even just say, I'm sorry you feel that you can't eat the way that you really want. Because obviously when they're saying, if I ate like XYZ, that's them saying, I wish I could eat like that, but I am not allowing myself to. Unless they are allergic to this food or they have been explicitly told by the doctor for like legitimate medical reasons, then there is not a reason that, you know, like they can't eat that food. It's just their own restriction that's making them have to say, I wish I could eat like that. Because really, you know, they could eat like that. And another thing with holidays, which I know can be very triggering, is people skipping meals. Especially on, you know, days like if you do like a big Christmas Eve lunch or dinner or New Year's dinner, whatever it is. I think it's super common for people to skip meals and say, oh, like I'm not eating breakfast because I'm saving up for a big lunch or, oh, I'm not eating lunch because we're having a big dinner. And I know if you're hearing that and you're like, oh my gosh, like I already had breakfast and lunch and like I'm hungry for a snack before dinner and you know, this person hasn't even had lunch. It could make you like start to question yourself and your hunger And all of that. And I think it could just like make you a little self-conscious. So I think there's a few things to take into consideration when you hear people like kind of boasting about how they're going to skip meals. Or if someone, or if people, you know, people say disordered stuff all the time. Like, oh, I ate such a big dinner tonight. Like, I'm not eating breakfast tomorrow. You just need to remember, first off, know what works for them does not have to work for you. Now, I'm not saying that them skipping meals or whatever actually works for them because even if it seems like it's not doing any damage to them, it is not good for your body to skip meals. But just because they can skip meals, that does not mean that you should because it's not even like good for their body. And something that I also remind myself is whenever I was sick or like with my eating disorder or whenever I had a lot of, you know, disordered habits, I wouldn't want someone to copy my eating habits. You know, like whenever I was restricting or only eating certain foods, I would never want like my friend or my niece and nephew to eat the same way I was eating because I knew how miserable it was. Like, obviously I would never say that, but I wouldn't be like, oh, like you should count calories too, or you should restrict. Do you know what I mean? And 
I'm not insinuating in any way that everyone that skips a meal has an eating disorder or whatever it is. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying you never actually know what someone is going through, even if you think they are, quote, the healthiest person you know, especially with orthorexia. I know at like the height of my orthorexia, as my body was literally like shutting down, people would still tell me all the time, like, wow, you are such a healthy eater. Like, I wish I could be as healthy as you. Like, I need to start getting healthy like you. And just in my brain, I would always think like, no, like you don't want to be like this. Like you don't want to eat like this. So that just kind of goes to show that like you cannot just judge someone or the situation based off of the way it appears that they are and their eating and their relationship with food. So, you know, you never know what's going on. So if you wouldn't want someone to copy you when you were sick, why would you want to copy someone else? Even if they're not sick, you just don't know what's going on, you know, and there's no really perfect analogy for this, I would say, because I don't think there's ever a reason that, you know, you should skip a meal, but I love to try to think of analogies. So honestly, what kind of like came to mind with this and whenever I was like wrestling through this idea of, you know, other people eating less than me or not eating or not needing food as often as I did, I like to think of it as like a car and their gas tank or like their miles per gallon. Because, you know, every car is going to be using different amounts of gas. They are driving, you know, different amounts. They have different driving habits. So say me and my mom were going the exact same place, okay, in our cars. Like we're going in separate cars. Well, even if we're going the exact same place, the exact same route, our cars are going to be using different amounts of gas. Because, you know, maybe I have a little bit more of a heavy foot than her. Or maybe she makes harder stops than I do. Or, you know, maybe my car just doesn't run as efficiently as hers. So I wouldn't expect us, like, every week we need gas at the exact same time as each other. And we get the exact same amount of gas. Like, that that sounds insane, right? Because also, like, throughout the week, like, she's going to work. I'm going to school. I'm going to the grocery store. She's going out with friends. Like, we're all, we're going different places, So that would just be like kind of ridiculous to say like, okay, like on Tuesdays at six o'clock, we'll each need five gallons of fuel. And then it's like, okay, that was the perfect amount. And now we have like, we use the exact same amount. Like that will never happen. Even if you had the exact same car, you're not going to be getting like the exact same like use of the fuel. And I hope this analogy is like kind of making sense. So please let me know if it does. But it's just, to me, that's like, you know, all of us, even if it appears, you know, we're doing this, like, same things or different things, we're going to need different amounts of food, which is like, you know, essentially our fuel. Now, I do not think of food only as fuel. I think there's so many more amazing aspects to it. You know, it can be a social thing. It can be, you know, pleasure to satisfy a craving or whatever. But in this instance, I'm really just thinking thinking of it as fuel for this analogy, especially, especially because I'm talking about, you know, 
filling up your car with fuel. So, you know, you wouldn't expect that your car and another car would use the exact same amount of gas, need the exact same amount of gas. So why would you expect you and your friend to want the exact same amount of food, need the exact same amount of food at the exact same time? Like, that just wouldn't make sense. You know, cars don't even use the same amounts. And like, that's a machine. Like, that is 100% a machine. And we are not machines, you know, like, we're people, we have so many more moving parts to us than a car does. And like, I just think if you can see that, you know, like a literal like robot machine cannot be the exact same as each other and need the exact same amount of like, quote, food, then why would you expect a human that, you know, we're so different and unique in all these different ways to need the same amount of food? Again, I really hope that made sense. Please, please let me know if that did. And I'm going to go ahead and hop into the next comment that I think can be really hard to deal with. And not even just during the holidays. This comment is prevalent year-round, especially, you know, if you're in recovery from an eating disorder or unhealthy weight loss, disordered eating, whatever it is. And that's someone saying, like, how much healthier you look or saying, you know, you look healthy. And while that is coming, like, you know, it's probably coming from a good place. You know, they saw maybe how you looked, I don't know, before and now they think you look better. I feel like that comment, it can definitely do like more harm than good. But depending on who the person is and the kind of relationship that you have with them, that'll probably like determine whether or not you want to actually say something to them or if it's just something, you know, you want to kind of think about within yourself. So I feel like that really depends on, you know, who it is. If it's someone that you feel comfortable with and someone that, you know, already knows what you're going through, then I honestly think just try to explain to them why it's harmful for you to hear those things. Like, like I said, if this is someone that you're close to, like, you know, maybe your parents that are being like supportive to you during your journey, I think telling them that this comment can be harmful is the most helpful thing that you can do because what happened with me is, you know, my parents, they started telling me like, oh, like, we're so proud of you. Like, you're looking so much healthier. Like, you look so good now. And that was just like, it was really stressful for me because, well, a few things. Like, the first time they said that, I knew that I still had more weight to gain And I was never, like, I wasn't weighing myself or anything, but, you know, I could just tell just based off how I was. And I also knew that I was still restricting and restricting certain foods. So, you know, I knew that there was going to have to be weight gain whenever I wasn't restricting those anymore. So whenever they're telling me, like, you look so healthy now, it made me think, okay, well, they think I look so healthy now. So do they, are they still going to think I look healthy when I'm 10 pounds heavier? Or, you know, like, am I still going to look healthy? I just like start having all these like questioning thoughts. And then also like another thing that I would think was like, well, if I look healthy now, then why do I have to like quit? Why do I have to like stop restricting even more? Like, why can't I just stop here? Like, 
if I look healthy now, then, then this would be enough, right? And that was like a big thing that I would wrestle with is I would like tell myself, I'm like, is this enough? Like they say I look healthy, so am I recovered enough? And I think with that recovered enough, you need to know if you are questioning, am I recovered enough? Then you are not recovered, you know, because I don't think someone that has a great relationship with food is going to be questioning, am I recovered enough so that I can keep restricting, you know, because that's still showing how bad your relationship with yourself, your body and food is. And I also think that in recovery or in an, I guess, in an eating disorder, I don't think there really is any stagnant, you know, like I don't think with your eating disorder, if you're just like, okay, like I am recovered enough. So I'm just going to stay right here. You know, like I don't need to challenge any more foods. I'm just going to stick with what I'm at. I don't think it can just stay at a flat plane. I think eating disorders are very, very slippery slopes. And I think, you know, it's so much like a mental thing that you just can't stay stagnant in like your eating disorder. It's just going to go downhill. You know, if you say like, I'm just going to stay right here. I'm not going to restrict anymore. I'm not going to challenge anymore. I can almost like 99% guarantee you're going to end up restricting more because just when you're standing there, I just feel like it's just so easy to be like, okay, well, actually, I don't need to challenge this food anymore. Oh, I don't need to challenge that one. Oh, I don't need that food. And then like, before you know it, you're back to, you're back to looking unhealthy. And even more importantly than that, you're like doing terrible. Because there's just, in my mind, there's no stagnant place. It's like, you're either recovering and going up or you're going downhill. Because if you give your eating disorder like a centimeter, it will take a mile. So honestly, just like expressing that with them and how it makes you feel. And I feel like, you know, if you explain it, most likely, you know, it'll make sense to them and they'll be able to understand it. But if it's, you know, someone you don't really feel like getting into it with, not getting into it like you're arguing, but just like being that vulnerable vulnerable with, you can just tell them, you know, like, uh, we actually have a lot more important things to talk about than my body. Or you could say, you know, I try not to focus on my body. So can we talk about something else? Or the last thing, which is kind of my favorite, I think, is, you know, how healthy actually looks different on everyone. So I don't, I wouldn't say that someone looks healthy. And I mean, that is true. Like everyone's bodies have different set point ranges and weight. So healthy is going to be different for everyone. You know, there could easily be someone that is smaller than me. And, you know, they're like super healthy. I'm not I'm not meaning like in the way that they eat. I'm meaning like, you know, like they have a great relationship with food, like their body is functioning properly or whatever it is. But then there could also be someone a lot heavier than me. That's the exact same way. Because healthy does not have a size. Like no matter what society and diet culture has tried to teach us, health does not have one certain look. Like I can promise you that. 
So that's why I really like saying, you know, healthy looks different um, for everyone. And so the last few things that I want to talk about real quick are just going to be some tips overall with, you know, navigating the holiday season. And I would say the first one is to make sure you are still eating as you normally would. And when I say as you normally would, I don't mean in like a disordered way if you are still eating in a disordered way. I mean like if you feel like you're eating like pretty normal now, then just keep doing that. Like even if you know you're going out for cookies with Santa or you're you know, you're going to a Christmas show and there's going to be a bunch of hot chocolate and candy canes, you still need to eat normal throughout the day and no matter what the event is. But I think it's especially good during holidays to remember you need to eat the same all the time. So just because you know you have a big dinner or you have a lot of dessert coming up doesn't mean that you should restrict that because that's when you're more likely to binge on it. And then I think that's whenever you start creating these feelings of guilt and that's when you're like, oh, see, that's why dessert is bad and I shouldn't trust myself around it because I just binge on it. Well, that isn't the dessert's fault. That's because you were restricting, restricting, restricting. And then when you finally allowed yourself to have it, like, of course, you're just going to want like as much as you can get. And so just continuing to restrict or to try to like manage the way that you're eating because you know, you have something like fun coming up. That's only going to make things worse. So that is my number one thing. Eat as if it were a normal day. Even if you know you're having the cookie day with your family where y'all are making a million different cookie Christmas cookies, you still need to eat the rest of the day like it is normal. And I promise you'll be fine. And then I think something else is you need to be okay with not working out or not getting movement. You know, especially with the holidays, there's a lot of time when, you know, you're with your family, y'all are having brunch together, y'all are going to look at Christmas lights, you're doing whatever. And I think it's super important to not stress about trying to find time to get a workout in or get movement in. I don't really work out very much, like ever. And I think it's honestly... It's really nice that like whenever my sister and her kids spend the night, I can wake up in the morning and hang out with them and eat breakfast with them and I'm not having to like leave them so I can go get a workout in. So if your family is in town or your family wants to do something, prioritize time with your family like over working out. Like if you feel like you have a good relationship with working out and you think it's still fine to work out for you that's great, good for you, but just don't let that come before, you know, time that could be spent with family or friends or whatever it is, because, you know, you can always work out another day, but your family isn't always going to be in town or your friends aren't always going to be back from college, whatever it is, and I think the last, very last thing that I want to say is, like, kind of how not to be overwhelmed with the food, especially because I know this is when like the food spreads can be pretty big. You know, maybe Christmas morning breakfast, there's like 10 different things to eat. I think, you know, just telling yourself like, I don't have 
to restrict myself. And also don't give yourself this mental restriction of I can eat whatever I want today because I'm going to restrict tomorrow. Because, you know, I think that will definitely create some feelings of being overwhelmed. Because then you're like, oh my gosh, I need to eat as much as possible today because I'm not going to be able to eat these foods tomorrow. I think eat the foods that you want that look good to you. You know, you don't have to eat the things that you don't like. You know, eat the things that you do like. And I promise it's going to be okay. Like, just take a deep breath if you're feeling stressed out about the food. And honestly, like, just enjoy the moment. Don't place any restriction on yourself. And I know it can be super stressful, especially if there's a lot of fear foods present. But just try to focus on the moment and what's going on around you instead of the actual food itself. And then also, you know, just be appreciative for the food that you do have. And, you know, just try your best to enjoy it. So I think I'm going to wrap up this episode here. I hope that everything I said made sense and, you know, I wasn't too all over the place. I'm kind of having to get back into the groove of things since I did take a few weeks off. But I'm literally so happy to be back here. It just makes me really happy to be able to sit and talk with you guys. I love, love, love doing that. And if you don't already follow me on social media, make sure to check me out. My Instagram is fueling.good, but with zeros instead of the O's and good. And then my TikTok is just fueling Ken. And those are also both linked in the show description of this. So please check it out. If you liked this episode, send me a DM. I love hearing from you guys. It literally makes my day when someone tells me that I've been able to help them. Like that literally means the world to me. And if you like this podcast and show as a whole, please, you know, leave a review or a rating. That's super helpful for me. And it also helps me get a gauge of what you like and, you know, It helps me reach a new audience because I really just want to help as many people as possible. So I'd be super grateful for some reviews if you feel so inclined. I hope y'all have a great day. And if you have finals coming up, good luck. Good luck studying. I love y'all. This has been Kendall and I hope I fueled your Friday. Bye-bye.